This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. That means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know what I love to do on a Monday morning besides annoy the heck out of you guys? Shout! I love love to shout. I love the shout out. You know you make me wanna. Oh boy. No. Please stop. It is too early in the week for that. Please stop. Just raise your damn glass. Okay. Let's shout out to the people that really are humming all weekend long so we can go play. On behalf of the men and women making podcast here in Mom's Basement and men and women at Navy Federal Credit Union, a big shout out to the troops keeping us all safe. It's go Stacks and Benjamins. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Yeti. OG, what are you doing with your mug? Oh, well, it's, it's logoed and I'm not sure. I spent logoed. so much time trying to figure out what's facing the camera. Now I definitely want to know what's on the other side. It's just logoed. That's all. Just a logo I can't know about. Just OnlyFans. His OnlyFans page. <laughs> Here's the song that we'd like to do for all the younger set of people, the teenagers and what have you. This one's called Vacation Zone. Vacation's all that is over, is over. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and do you have a side hustle? Well, my God, stop! Do this instead! What exactly? I have no idea, but today, Brian Page is going to tell us. Then maybe Joe's mom will get off my back about starting that side hustle she wanted me to do to pay her back for the hole in the wall. For our TikTok Minute, we have some math that will blow your mind, if your mind is made of just several brain cells clinging to life. In our headlines, we're talking the magic of, wait, high-fee investing? Can't wait to hear that one. Plus, we'll throw out the Haven Lifeline to Rachel, who wants to know about reallocating self-employment investments. And then I'll share some passive trivia. And now, two guys known not for their side hustles, but their backside hustles on the dance floor. Oh, please, God. Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. Hey there, stackers, and a happy 
week back to you. Uh, I'm sure you missed us and we are here for you again for another eight weeks. This gentleman across the card table, just stretching out a few minutes ago, is ready to rock it again. Mr. OG is here. How are you, man? Did you enjoy your off week? I was at a board game convention. You kidding me? Of course I enjoyed it. Fantastic. Getting my nerd on OG. How about you? Uh, I was not at a board game convention and um, everything was right in the world. It's <laughs> fantastic. I went to a Phillips head screwdriver convention. I mean, that's got to be just as it's got to have just as many people at it as there, a board game convention. I thought there was a joke there. No, there's no there was well, like the, a punchline. The joke is that's just as ridiculous a concept as a board game convention. Yeah, I think uh, seventy five hundred people was the number. So I bet you there's seventy five hundred fans of Phillips head <laughs> screwdrivers. There might be. But you know what? There's billions of fans of Brian Page. This guy's going to bring it today. He is a dude who is telling us, OG, that we might be doing it wrong. Don't chase another job. Do this instead. He's going to tell us what that is on today's show. Can't wait for that. But first, we got a headline that's a little contradictory. A TikTok minute, as Doug said, will make your brain explode. But before all that, my brain exploded when I heard these next two minutes. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Well, now you got your to-do list, don't you? You're ready to go dive in and be better at money than you were an hour ago when you started listening to the show. And you know what? For a great partner, become a member at Navy Federal Credit Union because becoming a member at Navy Federal could help you earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you could start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Considering a big home improvement project, maybe you want to consolidate debt. Well, when you're thinking about debt, as I've said before, a lot of people have debt. Very few people have a debt strategy. Well, with Navy Federal, you could borrow up to 100% of your home equity with a fixed rate home equity loan with zero closing cost or easily borrow as you go with a home equity line of credit. Make the plan, choose the best option because both options could help make life's big expenses seem more manageable. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required, terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. Not sure that was two minutes, but hey, welcome. we're back. ready to rock. Yes, let's do this. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our stacking Benjamin's headlines. Our headline today comes to us from Financial Planning, the uh, industry rag for shocker financial planners 
This is written by Dan Shaw. Retirement plans, newest legal battle. Wait for it, OG. Wait for it. Low fee funds, not high cost one. People suing people because the fees are low. Listen to this. Retirement advisors have long known they can be damned to litigation misery if they steer investors into higher fee managed funds, even if they do so while adhering to their fiduciary duties. Now they're learning they can be damned if they don't. That is, if they don't recommend high fee funds and instead go for low fee alternatives that promise less risk, but perhaps smaller returns over time. What the heck, man? What the heck? I, I don't I don't know the answer to this. <laughs> I saw this article a couple of weeks ago and I just thought this has got to be April Fool satire, right? I mean, wouldn't wouldn't this be like something that we would put on April Fool's Day? Like man gets sued because of too low a fee cost investments, you know, in 401k plan. And how do you know in advance that they're going to perform poorly and how can you be mad that they did perform not as great? compared to other things it's like it's like you're you're giving me a you know a, a test at the back end of the results but i wasn't able to know how to study for it in advance it's like i'm going to i'm going to judge you based on the performance but you can't know the performance in advance so and i can't influence it i'm going to blindfold you and if it doesn't come out right i will sue you and statistically the lower cost option generally is Maybe not the winner, but is close to the top decile or two. So you can't be too upset with that. And statistically, the higher cost one is not. So this seems like something that should go away. Is this a product of the times, though, that is the market starts to languish and people just start getting upset because they they're truly upset, by the way, because they don't understand what they're invested in. I believe that's my belief. However, we want to lash out at somebody because we're not getting great returns, OG. So all of a sudden we go, hey, I should have been in this other fund that returned better. And look at that. It's a higher fee because, and, and you know what the higher fee funds always say, the fee's higher because we pay attention. Yeah. Is that maybe where this is headed? Is it a product of this market? Well, I think maybe you're onto something a little bit, but the argument of higher fee managed, kind of active managed investments were that uh, we may not give you all of the upside, but we'll protect you a little bit more on the downside. And that hasn't been the case this year either. So I don't, I don't know that they have a leg to stand on. It's, I know, frustrating for people when they're chasing returns to find, <laughs> to find that return, right? Which is why uh, just before the break, we did an episode about this. And we said specifically, don't start with returns. I feel like that might be part of this as well. Well, but that's the only way that most people search, right? If you look at your fund options, you log into your 401k, say, show me all my my options. You can sort by alphabetical. You can sort by one-year return, three-year return, five-year return, 10-year return. Those are the sort criteria. So until the technology starts allowing us to search in a manner that makes more sense, but you know, Fidelity and all these other places that manage 401k assets, they know what you want to look at. You want to look at how did it do? How did it do? So I'm going to, you know, see if the same num- name is on the top of the one, three and five year and it must be good. Isn't this also human nature to try to search for the things we can control? Like we know we can't, we have no real control over what the return might be on a given fund, but we can control, you know, choosing something based on how much it's going to charge us. It is as ridiculous and infinitesimally 
insignificant as that may be in this bigger picture, it's something that we can control. Yeah, but these folks are arguing that you would choose the exact opposite of the thing that you would choose to control. And that's what you should have chosen or had chosen for you. Yeah, in this particular case. But I mean, the broader topic that we've talked about so often about why people are focusing on the fees. This is total. This is as ridiculous as, you know, suing Chipotle for their food not being made in Latin America. But (laughs) I mean, so I get it. But broadly, this topic of fees just keeps coming up and we keep saying and lots of other people like us keep saying holy cow don't focus on that but (laughs) we all do because maybe that's the thing that we feel like we got a little bit of control over that absolutely and i think it's the easiest thing for a lot of media members to understand like it just seems like a Mm. very very easy win i are not trying to say the media is not that smart are you joe i'm I'm, 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 i'm not at all not at all insinuating that I think I'm just straightforward saying it. Uh, there are some brilliant people doing some fantastic work, but I see way too many pieces based on just these truisms that aren't at all where you start. I want to give people a link to the points of the discussion that we had a few weeks ago that kind of framed the four things to look at. Start off with your time frame, then look at the risk measurements. Third, then look at the returns of the position. And fourth, examine your fees. One, two, three, four. You do it in that region, in that order. I think you don't have to sue anybody. Go to stackybedjamins.com slash compare. That's stackybedjamins.com slash compare. And we'll walk you straight through this funnel so that I think you do a much better job. But if you flip any of those steps out of order, you're suing somebody. I mean, you you have... Oh my God, yes. I, I transposed <laughs> steps three and one. Oh, I got to sue somebody now, damn it. Don't cross the streams. <laughs> Can't cross the financial planning streams. No. Hey, it's time for our TikTok minute. This is the piece of the show where we highlight a TikToker doing some brilliant work or maybe some brilliant in air quotes work. Uh, OG, which one we got for you this week? Uh, it's always brilliant in air quotes. I love it when math works in your favor. Listen to this. It's crazy, but did you know that today is the only day in a thousand years, a thousand years, that everybody in the world is the same age. So if you add your age plus your year of birth, no matter what age, no matter what year of birth, it will come out to 2022, no matter what. For example, I'm 27 years old. I was born in 1995. That is equivalent to 2022. Please do your age and your year of birth and let me know if I'm lying because this is mind-blowing. It has been waiting for a thousand years. A thousand years! Isn't that crazy? Today is the only day you take the year you were born and add your age to it, and it'll come out with 2022. Today's the only year. That was your clue right off the get right off the get go. <laughs> that was a good catch. I didn't catch that, OG. <laughs> Today is the only year. It's similar to those those that you'll see where like beer is the only word in the English language that has two E's in a row. Prove me wrong. You think? <laughs> hmm. If you're drunk, you see people, people that you're friends with respond. Oh my God, please don't. I had a little bit of respect for you. Don't ruin it all. The word gullible is not even in the dictionary. (laughs) If anything at all should uh, show you the danger of facts that you find on TikTok, that 
would be the one right there. It would be just a lot easier when they ban TikTok, won't it? Oh, one less thing so to worry we're about. We're getting close. We're getting close. FCC, one of the FCC commissioners just recommended, please, please, Congress, yeah. please do it. And you know what, TikTok, did you see TikTok's official response to that? No, 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 no. I can't hear you. I'm going to read to you right now TikTok's official response. The FCC won't let me be, but the world be so empty without me. That's that's TikTok's official response right there. Ah. As real as oh. the... Uh, They're elevating the discussion into poetry. I mean, you got to give them props for and that. And then they said, this looks like a time for me. <laughs> Do you guys have any idea what to I'm quoting? To take a walk to the sea. No, my God, you guys have no idea what I'm quoting. Is it like, like an Eminem it's, song? It's f***ing Eminem. Yeah. Oh. The SCC won't let me be because it'd be so empty without me. So this looks like a time for me and everybody's going to follow me because it'll be so. Go on. That's maybe the best segment we've ever had on the show. <laughs> might, might, might be a little awkward there watching you guys just stare at me across Joe the table. rapping. Oh, no, I knew what it was. I just was hoping you would get into <laughs> it and like, drop the beat. Oh, I knew what it was and the whole did, time. Which is even better. Oh, let's move on. Brian Page is a phenomenal human being. He is a guy who realized at an early age that, you know what, there might be a better way to do this. And he set up a company that made bajillions of dollars with no assets. How does he start with nothing and still make a lot of money? He will explain that. He'll also explain how that's not, by the way, the optimal way to do things. But everybody's got to start from somewhere. Brian's a guy that loves helping people get that motor running. Don't you just sell other people's stuff that you never pay for? Like I sell well, that's parking actually, spaces in your mom's driveway? That's actually exactly what he did. It's exactly oh, what he did. It's exactly like what book. he did. Well, not exactly, exactly, but in that ballpark. I can't wait for you to hear it, Doug. Uh, oh. Brian Page upstairs talking to mom. And while he's coming down the stairs, getting himself set up, Doug, why don't you cover for him with a little trivia? I got you, Brian. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. I can't wait to hear what Brian Page says because Joe's mom's been all over me to start a side hustle. How about I just start charging her every time she asks me to power sand her cracked heels, huh? I've been perusing Brian's site and it looks like the thing to do is build passive income. Huh. I feel like my true passion would be passive aggressive income i'll be all like no i'm fine really it's fine well can't believe you didn't know that you done so well for someone who lives in texarkana arkansas get those people on the arkansas side of town for you joe now all i have to do is figure out how to monetize well that's just wonderful isn't it speaking of exotic locales like texarkana today in history in 1889 Nellie Bly, a journalist, embarked on a trip to travel around the world in less than 80 days. Unbelievably, that trip did not include our hometown. But my question is, how many days did it actually take her? I'll be back right after I eat this bag of Doritos in less than 80 seconds. It's not even a challenge. Stackers, you've heard the bad news. Mint is shutting down. If you've been using Mint to manage your finances, well, there is some good news. There's a better alternative. Monarch Money, it's what Cheryl and I use to manage our money. 
I, as you know, advocate a weekly meeting and Cheryl and I live by that weekly meeting. We sometimes miss it, but we get back on the horse and half the reason is, is because we consistently get updates and reminders from uh, Monarch money. I'm a notifications off kind of guy, but with Monarch, I want to see the notifications because it helps us collaborate we have our goals right next to the short-term spending that we have when we open up the app so we can see exactly what we're truly going for. And, you know, compare that thing in the moment that we want with what's the long-term goal. It's truly the next generation of personal finance apps. If you've been frustrated that there's ads all over your app or it's difficult to use or doesn't get updated, the Monarch people were too. And that is why they built a new kind of personal finance app that's intuitive, powerful, ad-free, and constantly improving based on customer feedback. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, your investments, your transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you head to monarchmoney.com slash benjamins. That's monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. You're going to get to kick the tires for 30 days, which I absolutely love because you want to make sure that it's for you. And I think the longer you use it, the more you will see, like I did, that uh, it's intuitive. Number one, it has this very simple design that makes it easy to set up, customize, and use. It's easy to collaborate. Uh, Cheryl has her login. I have mine. We can set up how we want. And You can send it to your financial advisor as well to have them have a login, anybody who's on your team. And you know what? No extra fee for that, which is amazing. It's all customizable, customer-focused, ad-free privacy you can trust. They'll never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. So after trying out Monarch for myself, I get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now... You can try too with an extended 30-day free trial. All you have to do is go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com slash deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com slash deals. There, stackers. I'm Wine World Traveler, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. On her journey around the world, Nellie started by steamer and went 24,900 miles, all without noise-canceling headphones. She sailed to England, hopped over to France, somehow made it to Singapore, Hong Kong, and Japan. Starting to sound like Joe at the buffet at Epcot. Before she arrived home with a world record. So how long did it take her to complete the trip? just 72 days and now to help you sail into more financially calm seas we welcome brian page i'm super excited he's here mr brian page how are you man i'm phenomenal how are you well i am great and i have to tell you i loved reading through your book i i had so much fun thank you you're singing off of our song sheet 
which is to stop working harder, work smarter. But I want to dive into that in a second. The thing that hit me, because I always try to start with page one, Brian, I read your introduction and your introduction is to your dad. And it says uh, something like, I'm no Tolkien, (laughs) but I have a book and this is for you. But can you tell us the story about your dad? Because this is a really personal journey that you're on. Yeah, thanks for asking. I read an enormous number of books. I got a library here of all my favorite business books. And a lot of times they go right into the practical and the how-to and, and you know, they don't really hook you with a good story. So I thought, you know what? I want to tell a story that's really, really personal to me. And I opened the book with the story of my dad. Uh, he passed away last year from cancer. And I didn't know this till after he passed away. I had a conversation with my mother. He admitted to her that he felt like he did, never got to do the things he wanted to do in his life which was a huge shock to me because I, I didn't know that about my dad. And he basically spent many of his years doing a job that he hated to make ends meet and uh, felt like he missed out on what he really wanted to do with his life. And so the book and the theme behind the book is all about that. It's about like reclaiming your time, reclaiming your life, getting serious about what your life is all about and finding a source of income that isn't you, that it doesn't involve your time. Well, just Brian, to juxtapose you and your dad, and I I was so sorry to read about your dad and it's so difficult, but the lessons obviously here are, uh, are huge. Your dad spent time as a pastor at first, which seems to be, I I mean, a great calling of his, but it seemed like that didn't, you know, nobody goes into being a pastor to make money, maybe maybe Joel (laughs) Osteen, but but I can't think think of anybody making a huge amount of money as a pastor. And then he worked in a call center, but just to juxtapose you and him, you were able to, because you did things much differently to help him during the last couple of years of his life. Yeah, yeah. So I, at a certain point, my wife and I were in a position where we were able to retire him and my mother and just bought him the house that he wanted and and put him in this beautiful little town in upstate uh, South Carolina where he had a lake and he had a little boat and he would go out on his boat every day with his dogs. He got to retire because I said, you know, you're going to quit that job that you hate so much at the call center. He's working for a cable company. But it was only a year that he was living there before he passed away. So he really didn't get to enjoy his retirement. His health was declining. He was influential in my life in every single way, except financially, he never had it together and we were always struggling and we grew up very, very poor. I mean, when I talk about poor, I mean like we were homeless for a couple of different times throughout my life where we were living with other people or had to get handouts for groceries in order to eat during the week and stuff. So we were very, very, very poor. And I think that started me down that path of like, I, I will definitely never be poor. <laughs> and I was always looking for a way to, to do that and to build wealth. And that was where I kind of got introduced to this whole concept of of assets, which kind of started with Robert Kiyosaki and Rich Dad, Poor Dad and all that stuff. But then I found out there's way more to it than just buying assets. And that's kind of where I, the jumping off point of where this book begins. For you, absolutely. Well, and just to juxtapose, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are, you know, hear this story about your dad. And clearly at the beginning of the book, as I read it, your dad, hard worker. I mean, super hard worker, great at what he did. People are thinking to themselves, Brian, you must have worked your ass off, right? That you worked very hard. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure that you did, but you worked in a completely different way. And you say this at the beginning of your book, you say that less is the solution, not more, but less is the solution. Explain what you mean by that. Okay. So what I mean by that is I call myself a passivepreneur. Okay. It's very different than being an entrepreneur. I spent most of my life being an entrepreneur successfully and unsuccessfully, but being a passivepreneur is completely different. Because what you're doing is you're putting your time and effort, and it does take time and effort, into things 
that have the potential to make you exponential money. They have exponential growth as far as income, but they're also exponentially less time involved. So in other words, things that you can scale up in income and down in time involvement. And if they don't have both of those things, it's not a passive income vehicle. It's, you're not a passivepreneur. So the problem with a lot of entrepreneurs nowadays, and I lived here for many, many years, is that they're spending 80 hours a week to avoid working 40 hours a week on a job for somebody else. The problem with that is they really just have a glorified side hustle. And, you know, we're, we're in a hustle culture. Everybody says you got to hustle, work harder. Gary yeah. v, Gary V says hustle your face off. Yeah, yeah. But the problem with that is it's all tied to you and your own efforts. So I would rather spend my time working on getting sources of income that involve me less and less and less over time, or sometimes no time at all in, in the example of buying assets. So there's many different ways to do this. I kind of delve into that in the book. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, and you asked a question early on that I want you to also explain. It's called the Powerball question. What's the Powerball question? The Powerball question. Okay. So the Powerball question is if you woke up tomorrow having won the Powerball, I don't even know where it stands today. It's hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't, I don't play the lottery myself, but let's say you woke up tomorrow and you'd won $300 million. Would anything change about that day going into work? Whether you go to work for somebody else or you go to work for yourself, would you just say, I'm done. I'm not, I, I, you know, if you, if the answer is yes, something would change drastically, then maybe that's an indication that you're not spending your time the way you really want to spend with your life. So the thing is, you don't have to win the Powerball to be able to do that. You need to find a source of income that can replace whatever you're currently doing in order to reclaim all your time. And once you reclaim your time, you reclaim you know, your most valuable asset. The, the most precious resource we all have is our time. And I think a lot of people are stuck in this mentality or this, this idea that they're just trying to make money and they're trying to make more money and more money. And it's always this trap of more. And it's always involving them. So they work harder than they did previous year. They work longer than they did the previous year. And uh, they might be doing okay financially, but they don't have real wealth. And I think real wealth is way more than just financial abundance. It also involves your time and your free choice. Well, yeah. What it leads me to, Brian, is this idea. I mean, it resonates all the way through your work is your values, right? Living according yeah. to what you value instead of what yeah. you think you should be doing. Like for you, you tell stories about how you went to college, you went to college because your parents said you needed to. And, and <laughs> what, what, the hell was your, what, what was your major, by the way? Uh, it was leisure studies was my major. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> Uh, it, it, apparently it is. Yeah, it, it was, uh, the, I had to pick a major, so I picked the easiest one I could think of. And, and, uh, it kind of, I guess fits my lifestyle now, leisure studies, but my fellow college co-eds, they wanted to go, you know, be river raft guides in Colorado or go work for yeah. you know, some resort somewhere, basically jobs that don't even require a college education. Those are the kind of things they were studying. And I just kind of goofed off and enjoyed my college years. I don't regret it, but it certainly did not contribute in any way to my success today. And so I talk about that. I talk about how I've always kind of tried to think outside of like what I was taught and the way I was supposed to think and all those kind of things. And I think I was on the right track with entrepreneurship because I never wanted to work for somebody else, even though I have had to a couple times in my life. I've always tried to shy away from that. But then I found that I was trapped in entrepreneurship and all the entrepreneurs I knew mm. were working their, themselves to death. And the stats show that the entrepreneurs on average only make slightly more than nine to fivers. They make right around 72,000 a year on average. I was amazed by the way, by that stat, because I would have thought, well, and, and this is why you put it in the book, I'm sure is because I, yeah. I thought that that stat was way north of that. Yeah. That doesn't even take into account all the nine out of 10 businesses that fail within the first three years. So, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, we have a lot of pride and we like the idea that we work for ourselves and that we're a boss babe or that we're, you know, whatever, like we take pride in that, but we look down on the nine to fiver who gets to go home at the end of the day and doesn't worry about what's going on with the company. Cause it's not his company or her company. And we look down on them, not realizing that we're working double, you know, twice as hard and twice as long and all that kind of stuff for our, for what we're doing. 
So I think there's a different paradigm. That's, that's what I want to share with people. We um, just had Jason Pfeiffer on, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. I know you've been, you've been featured in Entrepreneur before. Yeah. Jason is saying some of the things that you say here, which mm. is it's not about this preordained curriculum of college, right? It's about designing your own curriculum in your life. What it seems to me you want people to do is forget about this path that everybody else is on, design your own. Like, did you really write this book in Charleston Harbor? I really did. Yeah. In fact, um, right now I'm looking out from my office here on the Charleston Harbor and uh, I would go out there. I go out there regularly and I, I'll just kind of hang out on the boat. I'll put it, uh, I'll drop anchor and then I just write. And actually I wrote by dictating into my iPhone. So I don't like to write with a keyboard, but every word is my word and I just dictated and then we turned it over into a, uh, a Word doc and my editor helped me turn it into the book that it is. But so that that's how I like to spend my time. But the book is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. So if the book is a passive income vehicle, it's something that took a lot of time and effort. It's not easy to write a book, but now that it's written, it's done. So now every time this book sells, I make a little royalty. And then inside the book are 10 or 12 different ways that I make money inside the book. And I talk about that in the book. So it's something that I create one time that gives me income over and over and over again. I have 23 different sources of income that I'm currently doing this with. And there are hundreds. And I talk about those hundreds in the book and I share them with people. Uh, But uh, you don't need to have hundreds. You don't even need to have 23. But the idea is that you start collecting these different vehicles of passive income and make sure they're things that do not require your time ongoing. And some of them require zero time, like literally zero time. You know, we all know about buying real estate, for example, you buy real estate and then you have cash flow. If somebody else is managing it, you have cash flow the instant that you buy the asset or you buy a business that you're not managing yourself. The problem with that paradigm, that's kind of the old paradigm, is that the idea that you have to buy assets means you need a lot of cash or you need to go get debt in order to buy those things. But nowadays we live in a creator economy. We live in a sharing economy. So there's ways to create and control assets that you don't even own to create passive income. So you no longer need to buy assets or own assets to create an incredible income and lifestyle for yourself. Well, one of your, what was it your first course or one of your first courses was about how to be successful in Airbnbs without owning the property yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That was the second big passive income vehicle that I launched after learning how to do it with Airbnb and making passive income that way and automating that whole business. I then thought, oh, I have a course. So I went online, built the course, restructured it, finally dialed it in, and immediately it was doing millions of dollars a year, and it still sells to this day, years later. And I, the only time I spend on it is updating it every six months. Uh, in fact, it's updated every week by my students, so they're teaching, and their teachings go into the course to keep it continually updated. But it doesn't require any time involvement for me, and it's an income vehicle that keeps paying over and over and over and over again on full autopilot. So that's an example of another vehicle. And I've just gone and found new creative ways to do this. And what's interesting is I found other people who are passivepreneurs. They don't even know that's what they are, but that's what I coined them. (laughs) And they're telling me about things that just blow my mind. I'm like, that's incredible. Like, how do you even do that? So there's all kinds of ways, but they're they're kind of an underground class of people that nobody really knows about because they're not the traditional entrepreneurs that you and I think of. They're very, very different than that. It truly is a brain switch in thinking about divorcing where you derive satisfaction and the job that you do, like divorcing those two things from each other. I want to give people a little bit of this framework. The first thing you talk about is you do need seed money, right? You will need some seed money. So you break this down and initially you talk about trying to save 20% of what you make. But for you, you had to come up with that yourself. Obviously, this is a money show. Tell me about some ways people can get that seed money together if they don't think they have it. Yeah. Well, seed money, you know, it all is relative to what you're looking to do. So some of these models don't require much time or money at all. 
So for example, the, the main thing that I'm known for teaching is Airbnb. You can find an owner who has a property and say to the owner, like I could say to you, Joe, hey, you got this three bedroom house that you're renting out. What if I could help you make more money with it? And you do nothing extra. You do no, no extra effort on your part, but you're going to make more than the $2,000 a month you're asking for. And you'd be like, well, tell me how. And I'd say, well, I'm going to take your property. I'm going to list it on Airbnb. I'm going to have my virtual assistant manage it. And we're going to have guests coming and going and all that kind of stuff. But any of the profits that are made over and above that rent, you and I are just going to split them 50-50. So your two grand that you normally would charge, maybe you'll make $2,500, $2,800 a month on that property with no extra effort on your part. And Joe says, sure, let's do it. Hell yeah. So now I go and take that property. Maybe it's furnished. So it cost me almost nothing to launch that property. And immediately in the next couple of weeks, I have $1,000 a month coming in or $1,500 a month coming in on that one unit. So that's an example. It doesn't cost much money. Um, you can, you can well, write can I, can, can I stop right there, Brian? Because sure, what sure, I love sure. about this is how you just created and in your expanded idea of wealth, you just created wealth for three people. You created yeah. wealth for yourself, you created wealth for the owner, and you created a kick-ass place where somebody can stay that they wouldn't have been able to stay before, right? So you got yeah. three happy people involved in this transaction just because you had this idea. Yeah, it's a win-win-win. And the thing is, you know, now, now that's not an asset where I'm building wealth and equity, granted, but it is sure. a cash flow source that costs me nothing to control. And all I need is a partner. I need a partner and an owner. And there's, there's many ways to do this. For example, affiliate marketing. It's where I have permission to sell your products and your services and I get a commission each time I do. I didn't create the product. I don't inventory the product. I don't. All I do is have the right to control the eyeballs and the traffic and the emails to go to that offer. You can do drop shipping. I mean, if you go to my website right now, you'll see I have an entire line of swag that says Passivepreneur hats, Passivepreneur pay, you know, page hoodies. I don't manufacture any of that stuff. I don't have them in a warehouse. I don't ship them. I didn't make them. I didn't design them. They're all handled by a third-party company that just sends me money whenever somebody buys one of those things. So that's another example of a passive income vehicle that took me, I don't know, me two days maybe to come up with the idea and find the right company and then set it up. And now it's passive income and just from people that want to get in on buying some cool swag. So there's so many different ideas like this yeah. that, that I'm controlling. I'm controlling that. I don't create it. I didn't make it. I didn't produce it. I'm just a controller. So that's the idea is that you can own, create, or control these assets that can generate passive income. Yeah, it's definitely systems the answer. But let's get back to seed money because I cut you off. Let's do it. If you, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I went you, off if you, topic. No, that was all me because I wanted to stop there because I thought that was a big thing that everybody needs to get. But let's talk about because you created seed money yourself and um, did some creative stuff. Tell us about how how people can can maybe get the seed money when they think they can't. Well, a good chunk of your budget every month it goes to discretionary spending. Now we think of like our bills that we have to spend money on rent and power and putting gas in the car and all that kind of stuff. But there's a lot of little cracks in our budget where the money seeps through. And these are things that, you know, I'm going to make some enemies when I start talking about, but like <laughs> you, you won't die if you cancel your streaming services. You won't die if you don't go to Starbucks every day. You won't die if you stop going out to eat or stop going on dates. I mean, I remember when I first tried to I, I do this occasionally. I kind of like deny myself certain things, not because I can't afford them, but because I want to tell myself in my brain that I do not deserve them until I hit a certain level. So for example, when I was living off my Airbnbs, the first time I was kind of had a, a passive income vehicle that was really, really doing well, I was living off my, my Airbnb units that I didn't own. And then I had all the time in the world. So I thought to myself, okay, now I'm going to set up my second income vehicle, which is going to be this course. But uh, in order to really motivate myself, I'm going to just put my TV in the attic. So I took my TV, unplugged it, put it in the attic so I wouldn't be tempted to be on Netflix. So now I just freed up like two or three hours a night 
in time. And I, of course, I canceled the streaming services. And I basically did that with all the things that I had in my life that were taking my time and money. So I stopped dating. I was single at the time, stopped dating, stopped going out socially. I was really serious about being successful. And I said, I will not do any of those things until I make a million dollars online. And it was highly motivating, right? So that was the way to cut out the fat, not just in my budget, but also my time budget and to get that back. And I think if most of us are honest, we actually look at how much time we spend on social media, how much time we spend watching streaming services, how much money we spend on random things. We don't need that much money to launch one of these things. We're, you know, a few hundred dollars, a few thousand dollars maybe to go do some of these things. It's just a matter of, are you willing to do them? I mean, how, how bad do you want it? I mean, come on. You know, I, I had a mentor of mine say one time, Brian, would you be willing to work for two or three years making nothing full time, two or three years for the chance of making millions? Nothing, not a single dime for those two or three years. I said, hmm, that's an interesting trade. He said, that's kind of desire, burning desire you have to have to be successful. And that's kind of commitment you have to have. And so I, I never forgot that. But I think also, Brian, the dopamine hit you get later on from delayed gratification when you truly earn that stuff, that, that chemical reaction, your brain so much better when you go back to Starbucks and have your first pumpkin spice latte in four years. And you're reminded every time you deny yourself, you're reminded because it's like, oh, it's time to, to relax. No, it's not time to relax and watch TV. It's time to get busy and start working on your new life. Oh, it's time to go. Nope, I'm gonna, not going to do that because I promised myself I wouldn't do that till I hit the certain goal. So denying oneself is a really, really powerful thing to do. Yeah, knowing that you're creating an asset and it's a finite amount of time versus being on the treadmill. The last thing I really want to talk about today from, and there's so much more that we're not going to be able to get to, but I love this idea because my co-host OG and I take a strategic coach. You may know Dan Sullivan and strategic coach. Oh yeah, he's, he's great. But he talks about an idea in strategic coach that frankly, I learned at 50, Brian, (laughs) that you, that you learned well before that. Now he, Dan calls it one thing, but you call it follow the leader. And I think if anybody takes something out of today's interview, this is a huge, huge, huge idea. Can you explain what follow the leader is all about? Yeah. So follow the leader is the idea that there's two ways that you can be great at anything. There one is mastery, the path of mastery. And you've probably heard this concept of like, it takes 10,000 hours to be a world-class celloist or something. You know, you have to spend 10,000 hours to learn a skill to become really great at it. But there's another much shorter path, and it's a shortcut, honestly, in business and in life, and that's just modeling. You don't have to be a master if you can model. And you can model people and get 80, 90% of the results. And that simply means that anything you want to do that has been done before by mankind, you know, we're going to leave out the Elon Musks and people that want to go colonize Mars, but assuming it's been done before, all you got to do is model them as closely as you possibly can. Model what they've done and do it exactly like they do, exactly like they teach, and you can have the same results. And so that's what I did for so many different vehicles that I've talked about here, where people are like, how did you do that? How did you succeed so fast at what you were doing? I said, I just did what they did as closely as I possibly could. And when it didn't work, I tweaked it again and tried to do it. And I, and if that didn't work, I try to get a hold of the person or learn from them or read their book or get their course or you know, whatever to learn how to model them. So I never was like a master at anything. I mean, am I the best writer in the world? No, I already said that in the beginning of the book. I'm not Tolkien, right, right. but it doesn't matter. I don't have to be the best, <laughs> the, the best author in the world. And I don't have to know everything about every little skill set in my business when I can model people that have gone before me. So I think that's the shortcut. A lot of people get caught up in this whole thing of like, I'm going to do this thing. So I need to learn these 20 different skill sets. And that's the wrong mentality. That's the mentality of I'm going to work harder and it's all on me and it's all about what I know. And it's all about, it's not, I mean, you live in a world today where you can access 
PhDs in India or Pakistan or, you know, in Thailand for six, $7 an hour. I mean, you know, you can access any expertise that you need, any, any information that you need at your fingertips. And so uh, you get you get unfair advantages now in today's marketplace to be able to do these kind of things. Well, and even if, even if you want to go directly to the source, right. Yeah. And it is an expensive course. You, you talk a lot about this, about how people will mindlessly spend a hundred thousand dollars on a college education that gives them a BS degree. Like, yeah, yeah. I love it. this is your phrase, by the way, you have a BS degree. Like, no, my degree was BS. <laughs> uh, but they won't spend five thousand yeah. dollars with somebody that is a, it's a master at something like that shortcut five thousand dollars on something that will make you a hundred thousand dollars versus a hundred thousand dollars spent on something that may or may not make you money uh, it d- doesn't make sense I, to me I, I have a i have a goal in my life i have a giving goal how much i want to give every year i've got a goal for how much i want to save and invest of course but then i also have a goal for education and my goal is every year to spend more on education coaching direct one-to-one consultation, you know, with people that are way more successful than me, spend more every year than I did the year previously. And what I found is that my net worth and my income increases every year because I'm I'm continually reinvesting into those things. So I'm a total 100% believer in that. I mean, I almost nothing I learned, I learned, I, I mean, a lot of things I learned, I learned from a Google search, but many of the things I learned, I learned from directly talking to somebody like, you, somebody yeah. who is like knows what they're talking about, and I say, "Hey, Joe, I need to know how to have a successful podcast. Can can I pay you for your time to go quick? I need to know in like one hour what's the most important things I need to know to do this." And I get to leapfrog everybody else that's trying to do it the slow way. And so, um, so that so get access to people, and if you can't afford to get access to the best, get access to whoever's better than you are, and keep moving yourself up the food chain. That's what I always try to do. Every successful person I've I've met does this. And yep. I didn't learn until 50. So Brian, <laughs> thanks for helping all our stackers get this early. The book is the book is Don't Start a Side Hustle. This book actually came out last week. So it's available everywhere, right? Oh, that's right. Yes, it's available everywhere. And if you get a copy of the book, I want to give your listeners something in addition. So don't go to Amazon oh, cool. and buy it directly because okay. you can get it from me for the same exact price as on Amazon. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you access to uh, an audiobook was the first several chapters of the book and the introduction narrated by me access to the PDF download you get that instantly and you get to be on my launch team my Facebook group which is where you get to uh, meet all the other passivepreneurs that I know and on top of that you get a workshop where I, it's called the passivepreneur workshop where I go through and I teach some of these concepts in depth and all those bonuses are completely free just for buying one hardcover copy of the book so if you want to do that, you just go to brian.page slash book, brian.page slash book, and you can get all those bonuses instantly for buying it through me. Awesome. And you know what, guys, if you're walking the dog or you're on your commute, we've got you covered, uh, or you're out on your boat in Charleston Harbor, uh, <laughs> we got you covered. We'll have the link in our show notes page at stackybenjamins.com. Brian, I went to school in Charleston. I went to the Citadel and uh, I just freaking love where you live. Just a no better place to be than out there in Charleston Harbor. That's where my wife graduated. She went there. Oh, heaven. Yeah. I, well, Citadel wasn't heaven. We, I had a t-shirt that said the Citadel, a great place to be from, a horrible place to be. And I think that was true. <laughs> I think that was totally true. But we can both agree <laughs> that Charleston is an amazing place to be. I love it. Correct. Here. Yes. And that campus is gorgeous. But thanks for your time, Brian. I appreciate all the help you're giving stackers today. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. Hi, I'm David Steinwen. I'm not talking to other people about money on Money for the Rest of Us. I'm stacking Benjamins. Huge thanks to Brian for stopping by. Oh, gee, I love this idea 
don't just go buy yourself another job. All this talk about side hustles right. could end up being a huge waste of valuable hours that you could be doing so many different things that you love. If you're going to make more money, build assets, period. Build assets. Yeah. I mean, you've said it eloquently before. You want your money to bring its lunch pail to work, too. There's nothing wrong with having a second job. There's nothing wrong with having, you know, working 80, 100 hours a week. That's perfectly fine. Like, that's good. You should do that. But you should take that money and try to parlay it into something that's going to also produce money while, you know, you're sleeping, whether it's real estate or digital assets or, you know, or just a regular investment account that produces dividends, you know, something that's going to pay you to have it be there. That's the goal. Which is why over time, you and I have both said, listen, if this is short term, if this is short term pain you're in, go ahead and drive Uber or uh, deliver DoorDash, whatever it might be, do the seasonal holiday worker thing. But if you are truly looking to build a, a second income stream, do like Brian said and set up a machine that brings that brings money in uh, uh, this there. I think there's a lot of danger and just saying, I'm going to drive for Uber or Lyft long-term. That's not a great uh, long-term strategy. Just another job, like you said. Hey, let's throw out the Haven Lifeline and tackle some of life's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Lifeline, OG, they put what you value first. Uh, things that I value. Um, I notice he doesn't even go to me anymore. He's just so used to me trying Let, to point to last you. Last time, just before we went on our break, you did the head fake. You did the go did. that way. So I'm just <laughs> proactively heading that way. Get ready for Wednesday, pal. Figuring Doug's not ready again. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to our Disney trip. That's what I'm valuing. Oh. I'm going to Disney next week. So you guys can uh, do whatever you want next week because oh, I'm going great. to Disney. So what's up Fantastic. You're yep. looking forward to spending bunches of money with the mouse. The money is already uh, spent at this point. It's your, I will it, spend that's more. That's true. It is your loved ones and your time and a mouse. And that's why they made buying quality term life insurance actually simple. You go to stackybenjamins.com slash Haven Life now to get your free quote. Love what they're doing at Haven Life because they're committed to offering a modern way to buy life insurance. It's a simple application. They've streamlined it, put it all online. You'll get an instant coverage decision, affordable prices, stackingbenjamins.com slash Haven Life. Get your life insurance done. What a great way to begin the holidays with people, knowing that you've got, you've got the family covered. I can just see that as a, like in an envelope under the tree for the kids. Hey, kids, here's what we got you this Christmas. Peace of mind. And look, Dad, we bought you a shovel. (laughs) (laughs) And the kids are like, what, too soon? Too soon? (laughs) Today we're going to throw out the the burial plot. (laughs) (laughs) Today we're going to throw out the lifeline to Rachel. Say hi, Rachel. Hi, I'm a big fan and appreciate all the advice and information you've shared over the years, especially during this volatile time for investors. Because of the market volatility lately, I'm really struggling to know the best path for my savings and investing. I'm self-employed, make about $400,000 a year, and save about 75% of my income. I've maxed out my Roth, traditional, and 401k, and I've bought the maximum in I-bonds. And right now, I've got a good chunk of cash, about $400,000. I'm holding in high interest savings and money market accounts, which are earning about one to one and a half percent in interest. 
I was putting $5,000 a month into an index fund, but recently stopped due to the market dropping. Should I reduce or pause my investments in the stock market or reallocate? I would appreciate any input you have. Thank you. Wow. Some great questions there, Rachel. And uh, thanks for the kind words. And oh, gee, that money sitting in cash, especially in a high inflationary environment, is nearly as scary to me as stopping putting money in the market. As a business owner, you have to kind of also recognize that your personal cash flow and your business cash flow are a lot uh, intertwined. So it's perfectly fine to have extra cash reserve, you know, as an emergency fund for your business, depending on the seasonality of it, or extra cash reserve in your personal life if you um, feel like things might get a little tight on the business side of things. Maybe $400,000 is a little high. <laughs> it seems like a like a lot. I mean, I guess technically it'd be one year's worth of income and you know, that's not totally crazy, but but maybe it's a little high. So you might look to have some of that invested, but you're right. Every dollar that you'd leave in savings, which you need to have for emergencies and for opportunities, you lose the opportunity for for growth and and as inflation is a little bit higher in the last couple of years, uh, you're losing a lot of purchasing power. So this might be one of those opportunities. It might be a great opportunity to invest some of that excess cash. As far as systematic savings, this is not the time whatsoever to stop your systematic investing. This is the best time to do it. If you look at the investment chart or you look at the market or whatever investment you are, you are investing in, you know it looks like a mountain chart, right? It goes up a little bit and then it's come back down. At some point in time, this mountain chart was at this same number on the way up, and you thought it was a really good price to buy. On the way up, you thought the Dow at 30000 or whatever it's at, you thought was a really good number, and you were dumping money in at 5000 And now, it's the same number, just a year different, and you're going, eh, I don't think it's a great number anymore. So it's all perception on what recently has happened on the way up. As your stock values went higher, you were thinking, this is really awesome. As they start coming back down again, why wouldn't you think the same thing? It's the same price. Further, this may be the best price that you get for the next 30 years ever. This might be the lowest point in the stock market in the next 30 years. And statistically, that's kind of sort of true. You know, if you look over long periods of time, stock market goes up with intermediate periods of time where it goes down. And I can't predict and nobody can predict what, what it's going to look like a month from now or six months from now or, or a year from now. But I'm pretty sure what it looks like 10 years from now. And I'm really sure what it looks like 20 years from now. You're not going to be able to find that low price. You're not going to be able to find the lowest price. And what I would encourage you to do is stick to the plan of investing. Continue to invest the amount that you're going to invest. Maybe increase the amount that you're investing because it was a good price a year ago. It's a great price today control the things that you can, like diversification and whatnot. So do not stop your investing plan. That is market timing and you will lose the game. I look back at what we were talking about, OG, at the beginning of the show about the the right way to pick or compare investments and starting off with your time frame. And I think I look at Rachel's situation that way. If she has 10 years until she needs this money that she's putting in, then to your point, there's no reason to be afraid. This is the back the truck up. Not that it's going to go up anytime soon, 
but the fact that she wants to get as many dollars in as she can while it's low before the economy recovers, which it will do if we're going to continue, right? If that's the case, then she definitely wants to buy. I'm only worried if she thinks she needs the money short term, which is what you said with that I hadn't even thought about with the fact that if she's making $400,000 a year, $400,000 reserve might not be too far out of, out of whack. But the reserve, Rachel, is going to be based on what you spend, not what you make. And you didn't give us that True. number. So base yeah. it on what you spend in a year. Well, she said she saved 75% of her income, which, you know, after so taxes and so on and so forth, she's living a good life and saving a boatload of money, which is awesome. Yeah. So I was going to say her reserve doesn't need to be that huge. If she's sort of constrained her lifestyle down to that amount of spend, I'm impressed. Compared to a lot of people, though, a hundred thousand dollar reserve, which would be, which would be twenty five percent, still a fairly big reserve. But to your point, still Doug, a lot of money, absolutely. Still, yeah, comparatively to that four hundred number. Wow, great stuff going on there, Rachel. Thank you so much for the question. Oh, we have you know a, what, Rachel? Hold yes. on, Rachel didn't ask for a t shirt. She didn't give us her, her t shirt size. Oh, we send everybody a shirt. Well, you're just going to take a guess. You're giving her one anyways. She's been a fan for so long. She said so we've <sighs> got to send her a shirt. We can't. We got to do our job. It is about consistency and reliability. God, now here. you're just give it. Talk about being fiscally irresponsible on a show that where that's all we preach. You're just giving them away. It could be a total waste. We don't even know if you're going to send her like a. An extra it's small. building bridges, building bridges, building bridges. We send her a code and she gets to choose her own size. So f- it's fantastic. Stackingbenjamins.com slash voicemail. If you would also like, uh, like Rachel to have OG answer your question. We have a second question here that I got. Jeff said to me via, um, this is on Facebook. Said I was very disappointed in your fire prevention coverage. Remember, OG, when we did the fire prevention work, teaching people about safety at home? And sure, we can spend money on insurance, but the best insurance is having a disaster plan if, if the worst hits. Jeff, Jeff didn't really like that that much. Oh. Well, how do we react to that? Was there something specific we missed? He did. He did. He said silly tips like check your smoke detector and close the bedroom door. He said, how about real suggestions? Like it's a great time to go all in on crypto. How about cash out that 401k? What about maxing out that credit card and buying rounds down at the Sizzler? Ever thought to lease a new car? Those are the real fire prevention strategies. We need the, we need the, the, we need the rim shot there for Jeff. There we go. Thank you. Yes. Fire financial independence retire. I see what he did there. Yes. Nice job, Jeff. If you've got a smart ass comment like Jeff does. (laughs) Feel free to email that to me. We're not going to send Jeff a t-shirt, but you will get the rim shot at the end of your comment. Let's take a look at the community calendar before we say goodbye today. We've got a couple of cool things going on, guys. Uh, first of all, thanks to everybody who left a review. I've been sending out books because mostly because I, I have all of these books from great authors like Brian Page that I use to prepare and I just don't have room to keep them. Officially, I have told people that I will do a name out of a hat. However, I have finally caught up after the tour on giving books away. I took a bunch this week to the post office and uh, I still have a ton more. So if you want some good financial planning material and you would uh, help out a financial planning show so other people know exactly what they're getting into, Leave us a review, write me an email, joe at stackingbenjamins.com and let me know that you did. And I will send 
you a few choices. If you're quick, I'll send you a few choices on books. Later on, I might have to go officially back to the raffle that we did originally. Second, every Wednesday on Instagram, we have an Instagram live at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Listen, who's joining me this week for our fintech segment, Adam Carroll. Adam Carroll's the guy that created the documentary Broke, Busted, and Disgusted about the student loan crisis. Of course, that was a long time ago and still really a lot of people with still going high, on, right? yeah, high student loan stuff. He now is the man behind a new app called the Mortgage Shredder, which helps you get even more technical about paying your house off even more quickly. So if you're looking to wallop down debt even quicker, we'll talk to Adam Carroll about the Mortgage Shredder app. That is Wednesday. I think I might've accidentally said today earlier, but Wednesday, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. That's Wednesday, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific over on Instagram. Just follow Stacking Benjamin's podcast on Instagram. But if you're not here to attend an Instagram live, you're not here to leave reviews, you're concerned about the market like Rachel is and chatter around recession, OG and his team have put together a free guide that shares eight moves you can make, should make in a down market. This guide will help you plan more and panic less no matter what the market does. Head over to stackybenjamins.com slash guide and get this free helpful guide from OG. That's our community calendar. Doug is going to bring it with the lessons now. Doug, what should we have learned on today's show? Well, Joe, first, take some advice from Brian Page. Don't look for a side hustle. Look for some side income that doesn't require hustling every day. Second, fees? Sure, it's important to keep fees in check, but what we're truly after are outsized returns. That's the big lesson. Great. Yeah. I mean, thanks for your support for my passive aggressive business plan joe no it's okay it's okay i got it you're always so helpful it'd probably just be easier if i did it myself thanks to brian page for joining us today to find out more about brian head over to brian.page not.com don't throw that.com on there out of habit it's just brian.page don't worry we'll also include links in our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2022, and is created by Joe Salcihai. Our producer is Karen Repine. The show is written by the brilliant Paulette Perhatch, with help from Joe, me, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. After you listen to our show, check out the 201 Deep Dives, written by our website manager and blog editor, Brooke Miller. You'll find the 411 on all things money at the 201. Just go to stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude is our social media coordinator and the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So, say hello when you see us posting online. Here's a weird fact. Both she and Tina Eichenberg are never in the same room at the same time. To join all the basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com basement. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at The Stacking Benjamin Show.
Not only should you not take advice from these dorks, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. Hey, Stacker, waiting here for something exciting. Well, you know what? Make your own excitement. Friday, <laughs> listen to me, make your own excitement. Friday was Veterans Day. Here's what you can do. Make life more exciting for a veteran. Thank them in a way that's meaningful, different than a lot of these stores that just on Friday had, hey, we're having a Veterans Day sale. You can get some money off a mattress or whatever. Veterans deserve to be thanked in a much more meaningful way, don't they? And at Navy Federal Credit Union, every day is Veterans Day. They thank veterans in a way that's meaningful. They offer resources like the VA Loans Hub and Best Cities After Service. They offer veteran employment assistant partnerships with nonprofits like The Mission Continues. They're a top VA home loan lender. They offer personal financial counseling and offer 24-7 member service. And they have a growing community of over 1.8 million veterans like you learn more at navyfederal.org slash veterans insured by ncua an equal housing lender Let's keep it simple if you want. I saw a movie. Is that right? Well, good for you, yeah. Joe. Congrats. <laughs> and scene. You want a you want a cookie? What? He's got the passive aggressive thing down. <laughs> he's just got the ninja already. He's gonna Take be a, he's gonna be a fantastic business owner, OG. I did see a movie. And it was one that uh, you know, was a little bit of a feel-good movie starring a couple of people that you might have heard of before. Somebody named Clooney. And another person named Roberts. I'm sorry. I think your things are in my seat. Oh, sorry. Oh, come on. You've got to be kidding me. Excuse me, ma'am. I need to sit somewhere else. We used to be married. Worst 19 years of my life. We were only married for five. I'm counting the recovery. In four days' time. Our daughter's going to marry a guy she just met in Bali, millions of miles from home. I just really want to kiss you. It's like I looked up for the first time and realized everything I ever wanted was right in front of me. She's throwing her career away. Just like her mother did. So I'm the only one who can stop her. She doesn't listen to him. Champagne. Oh, two, please. Just leave the bottle. Thank you. And that's the beginning of the movie. Julia Roberts and George Clooney in this new movie, Ticket to Paradise. Obviously, they're in the trailer. You heard they used to be married, no longer married. Their daughter has found romantically on a last vacation before she starts out in the working world, going to work in Chicago. Uh, she finds the man of her dreams and she decides she's going to stay in Bali and get married. This is exactly... I think, OG, they're replaying your life here. It sounds like it. I'm fairly certain. Isn't that what happened to you? Sounds like it. Yes. Found Mrs. OG while vacationing in Bali. So these unlikely people, divorcees, 
end up way too close to each other for comfort, clearly don't like each other, and uh, hilarity ensues. You know, I went to see this because the the rom the romantic comedy, Doug, is just dead. You never see it anymore. It's not. In fact, uh, Matt Damon what? was talking about romantic comedies and about how many he did early in his career and about he did the simple math on a rom-com right now and why you don't see them because it's so freaking difficult to make a dollar when all anybody wants to see is another flipping Marvel movie. That's all they want to see. He said it might take you it might take you fifty million dollars to make it. You have to split that money with the studio. So if you're the person making it now, you're at twenty five million. Then you have to split it again with the theaters, the twenty five million that's left. So now you're down to uh, twelve point five million. By the way, my math might be off, but he took you down. Then you're at twelve point five million, and now you have to try to make a movie. Hiring George Clooney and I was going to say somewhere in there, you got to pay the two of the biggest stars on the planet. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why the only time you see him now, the last time I talked about one of these really was Sandra Bullock because she's going to put butts in seats. And now we've in in, uh, Channing Tatum in that one as well. And this one, of course, you got Clooney and Roberts. This is paint by numbers. I mean, yeah. Take your Hallmark movie, your average Hallmark movie on TV give it a better script writer who's going to make it a little bit crisper and not quite so Velveeta cheesy, put two of the best actors on earth. And this is a fantastic movie. I had so much fun. And yet I, you're still not going to make money at it. No, I think this movie will make money, but I was just explaining why you just don't see them and why I was craved. Well, also because they go suck. Rom-coms. Oh my God. No, no, no. Rom-coms so many so times. Like, there's only one rom-com one rom-com that I approve of, and when it was Harry because it Sally. was about, nah, well, okay, two rom-coms <laughs> that I approve of. <laughs> I could keep going, folks, but anyway, we'll, we'll let him now, have his ramble. Great music in When Harry Met Sally, and then the other one is Fever Pitch because it's set with baseball. Fever. Those are the only two good ones. Fever Pitch. Fever Pitch. Drew Barrymore. It was supposed to be about football or soccer. But uh, they, you know, for the American market, they switched it to baseball. Is, and it, is this like Jimmy Fallon's only one of his only, only movies? Well, it's, you know, he's done a couple others and he sucked in everything else, which is why he admittedly is like, I am not an actor. I'm out. But that one, yeah. I think, was perfect for him. Drew Barrymore, hmm, not a huge fan. But because of the context, it worked because it's baseball. America's favorite thing. I don't know, man. A couple of years ago, I saw Britney runs a marathon. I thought that was fantastic. Love, love that. That was great. This one. Okay. Three uh, rom-coms. I didn't like the same. Well, no, no, no. Those, I, I could go on. You didn't give me any time to, to prep, but I've seen a ton of good ones. I know this, you've this, seen a lot though, of rom-coms. <laughs> this though, this is very good. This is, ve- if you're looking for a good time and watching two great actors do their thing, just, you can, you can just see go. it. You can see it in the show. You can totally see it in the show. You get done, you're like, yeah, paint by numbers movie. Glad I went. Very glad I went. Clooney and- If you're looking uh, for a non-traditional rom-com, listen to Stacking Benjamins. Oh, I love you, man. Not where I was going, but okay. I love you too, Joe. Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union can help you earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates- Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you could start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. 
Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Considering a big home improvement project, maybe you want to consolidate debt. Well, if you're thinking consolidation, that's part of your plan. You could borrow up to 100% of your home's equity with a fixed rate home equity loan with zero closing cost or easily borrow as you go with a home equity line of credit. What I like, you make your plan first and then you use the appropriate instrument to get you there. And Navy Federal has them. Both options could help make life's big expenses seem more manageable. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org at Navy Federal. Our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA. Equal housing lender. Membership required. Terms and conditions apply. Loan subject to approval.